0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is In The Zone. This is going to be a very interesting and very informal episode because we have a lot of numbers to give to you guys. Um, Just basically, we're going to talk about the trade deadline coming up Monday in the NHL. But first, got to talk about that NBA All-Star weekend. Aulino, what were your thoughts on not only the three-point and the dunk contest, but the Rising Stars game?
1: You know, actually, the NBA does something the NHL should take notes of. They actually do something and put effort into the entertainment aspect of the All-Star Weekend. I think the NHL, they try so hard not to play in it. The NBA, the players actually want to be there. They want to represent the league. They see it as a business and uh, 50-50 ownership and uh, just making more money and building their profiles. NHL, total opposite. Oh, do you want me to go to All-Star Weekend? Why? Oh, TV deal. Eh, it's okay. Well, we won't make anything. And uh, the All Star Weekend, I think uh, they did a good job with the slam dunk and trying to hype it up as much as they could, but did not deliver. And the three point was good. I like the Curry brothers. And um, they did that thing where they were gonna give it to charity, and uh, Steph Curry and Seth Curry and Del Curry were shooting threes. That family's not clutch when it comes to giving money to charity and then I guess the NBA felt bad and like oh, all yeah, right we're just cutting this check regardless so here you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah overall it was entertaining for the fans that were in attendance in Charlotte but I wasn't as good as past
0: All-Star Weekends. I mean a lot of people when you think of the All-Star Weekend and the NBA it's like probably one of the biggest deals because it's when like all the budding superstars and all the the top-notch talent. They come in and they play a game where they're not really they're not really focused. It's not really competitive. It's all about three-pointers and making that, you know, showcase dunk that we saw from Giannis and Steph in the game. But like again, to me, when it comes to the All-Star game, this is the all-star game I feel like you have to watch. Because out of every other all-star game, no storylines, not that much entertainment. And again, like you said, the business aspect and especially in the NHL. It's just wishy-washy. It's just there's not really a lot going on there. Yes, it's organized fairly well, but at the end of the day, like it's not the biggest deal if you miss it. Whereas the NBA, you have guys like J. Cole come out, guys in the past like Kevin Hart. All these celebrities come out. And even the introductions, I remember way back, like maybe a decade ago, do you remember when uh, that dance group, the Jabberwockies with the masks? I remember they introduced Shaq like when he like yeah, he, when he, that. that was like a big deal and nowadays like you like you you would never think of that in like the nhl like they get like a big intro like let's say like a mcdavid
2: or a crosby like for the nhl they get like random people too and yeah. they introduce them and like the crowd doesn't know how to react
1: <laughs> like snoop dogg and he was doing the intro everything was cussing he didn't edit any clean version of his songs <laughs> and the little kids in the arena the network is like oh my god cover the ears cover the ears
0: but yeah, what were your thoughts all around on the three-point – Joe Harris winning it yeah, for that Brooklyn. Was a that I, was a That's just – I saw that. You know what? I saw it coming. I've just seen so many guys in the past where like – remember when we went to watch that Raptors game, sports marketing? Oh, yeah. And there were all those guys, and we saw that one little white kid playing bump. We're like, yeah. this guy's winning it, yeah. and he <laughs> won it. He was <laughs> destroying everyone. And that, so like, I feel like that was Joe Harris, and a lot of people said, oh, Steph Curry's the – The one thing I don't understand is why is there betting – like involved in like three-point con like i don't get that like i saw an update it's like steph curry is like favored by like six in the three-point contest like a super bowl kind of
2: thing they just yeah. bet on everything no, they just, I I don't don't, I, I,
0: i'm like how are you favored by six like i don't i don't, <laughs> don't get what that is like you're just shooting threes but yeah we saw great performances steph didn't miss a money ball he still didn't win though joe yeah. harris won and Again, the dunk contest to me was whatever. It's never going to top the Gordon Levine we saw a couple years back or the Vinsanity. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought All-Star weekend was whatever. But what were your thoughts on, like, on the game itself?
1: Like, yeah, who do you think,
0: who do you think like, stood out the most? To me, I thought Giannis yeah. looked like a the monster. Dunk.
1: Oh, my God. That slam. That Steph Curry just threw it up, bounced it, and he just came in from the ceiling and dropped it. I, the All-Star game is what it is, right? Like, we see in the NHL and MLB, it's – It's, um, like a sparring session if you're like in like other sports. So it's just an exhibition to show the talent in the league, but it's fun for the fans that are there because they get to see every star in the league together all at once. They don't really get to see that all the time. And it's something different that they did the draft this year on TV with LeBron and Giannis. That was pretty funny. How he said, uh, he wanted Ben Simmons for Westbrook and they were going about, oh, uh, Charles Barkley said, oh, trade Anthony Davis for your whole all-star bench. So that would be fair. And then, yeah, not tampering at all. So that was pretty fun. And uh, the only thing I would change, though, they have the celebrity game. What they should do and capitalize on it is have an alumni game and have the two most competitive guys, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, pick their own teams because those two guys are the most competitive, like alpha male type people where they'll actually want to win. And they won't pick the guys that are out of shape and have no business on their court at all. They're going to pick the guys that are in shape. They're going to do practices and training camps and everything. That would be fun. And you get to see MJ and Kobe on the court, that would draw more attention to the Friday night. The
0: biggest question is because can MJ still go at 56 years old? You think he could still go? I think he can still go. Because Kobe, we all know he could probably still be in the league right now. We even saw Ray Allen in the celebrity game. He He looks gross still. But is it safe to say that the better team won? On Sunday, Team LeBron. Because that starting five was just... That was, a good that was gross. And they're
1: all free agents. What a coincidence.
0: <laughs> I love when Giannis, though, called him out on that. He's like, oh, uh, he's like, you got Davis? So uh, is, that, is this a preview of what's going to happen? <laughs> and it's like, oh, this guy's calling the shots on live TV. It's like, oh, shit, like this Giannis, Greek freak. 2021 Toronto for, Raptors. For me, if there's anything that... Giannis sh- showcased that he could be MVP. And he will be running the league for years. That's my prediction. It's probably happening. But again, like you said, the All-Star game is just to showcase your offense. There's no defense. I remember, was it last year? It was last year. I remember LeBron did the interview. He's like, no, this All-Star game, we're actually going to defend. And it went pretty well last year, if I remember. Because I remember, I think when they were in Toronto, I think it was the highest scoring game ever. Like, Russell Westbrook had like 50-something points. Like, he just didn't pass the ball. So, again, I do want to see defense. Like, I want to see the All-Star game kind of more like a game. Like an actual yeah. game, but we're In not we're not eyes. we're not gonna get that. So um, that's basically all I have to say about All Star Weekend. You know, you saw Giannis showcase. We saw Joe Harris and Hamid Diallo show their skills. But now I want to get into the main meat of this uh, podcast today, and that is that the trade deadline is coming up on Monday. Wow, that's huge. Wait, wasn't he on the Caps? Be- no, he wasn't on the Caps I don't before. Think so. Aulino just shows me a trade right now. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. The Washington Capitals trade for Carl Hagelin. They trade two picks to the Kings for Carl Hagelin. So, I don't know what that means. I know that the Caps just put Devonte Smith-Pelly on waivers. Don't really know if that really means he'll replace him, but they don't really they don't have the greatest depth at forward. The, like what are your, what are, I guess what are your what's your take on that? Is that his
1: third team this year? Yeah, Pittsburgh LA and now back to the Metro with Washington.
2: Uh, I mean, he's kind of <laughs> fell off a little bit the last few years, ever since that first initial trade. But, uh, he, you know, yeah, he brings some depth. He's still a really fast guy. He's a good player, but they didn't really take anyone off the roster. I kind of like it for them, yeah. I mean, um,
0: Carl Hagelin's a guy where this is his, yeah, like third team this year. That could really kill someone's confidence like completely or it can motivate you it's one of those it's hit or miss hopefully it motivates Haglund to stay in the lineup because we know that Washington they have some guys that are scratching and clawing to play every night like Chandler Stevenson and those guys they want to play every night so Haglund's gonna have to go to this Washington
2: team and prove himself he did just go from like the last place team to the I don't Stanley know where they Cup are, but they're yeah, up there
1: in the standings. some yeah
2: so after we
0: got that news, I just want to I want to go back to the trade deadline. I want to talk about the big fish in the sea. We'll start off with that Matthew Shane is apparently sitting today's game and tomorrow's game for Ottawa. If this is any implication, is it basically confirmed in your eyes that Matthew Shane is a goner for
2: Ottawa? Yes, they have a lot of problems over there. I'm going to I'll we'll make a bold prediction now. I'll say that the Islanders take a run at him. I don't think anyone thought uh, they'd be in the position they're in, given with all the changes they went through over the summer. So. What does the trade package look like? It's probably a first-rounder. I don't know if they have theirs this year. They don't? Top prospect and a roster player, because I don't know why they think Duchesne gives them the world, but, yeah, apparently he's. they want that ad for him. you think Bowers could go the other way there? Possibly, or like a key for Bellows. Oh shit i think they would aim for like a dobson and then they'd probably say fuck off that's too much yeah Do- dobson's a star definitely yeah. a top prospect there
1: how about uh, you Alino? yeah i think the price of the islanders i don't think they'll be in on that if they would ask for those guys so i think they're gonna look elsewhere so duchene they're gonna have to look at other teams maybe winnipeg they've been rumored but i think winnipeg would want a winger and if duchene would want to play the wing i think the colorado he played sometimes on the wing but they're going to have to move Duchesne and adjust him in the lineup. So I think Duchesne could go for sure to the Western Conference. I don't see any Eastern Conference teams taking a run. Uh, and maybe went Nashville it would be another one. Or uh, Las Vegas. They can be in a run for a player. I
0: I, I have this weird feeling. I, I've heard rumors that San Jose is looking at Matt Duchesne. The only reason being that they've been red hot lately and they're looking to kind of take on teams like Nashville in the postseason and be comfortable because as we all know, Joe Thornton is like 38 now. He's basically on the verge of retiring. If you need a guy that can replace Thornton, maybe give him less minutes, Matthew Shane could be a viable option, at least for this year, because he does have a six million dollar cap hit. It's not the most expensive, but again, he does have fifty-eight points in fifty games this year. He is proving to be a key asset and a very viable asset. So if, if you are trying to like trying to get Matt Duchesne, you have to give up a first. You're going to have to give up a prospect because, as we saw, the Leafs got – they had to give up a first for Jake Muzzin, and he's only making around four and a half. So you can only imagine what, the, what, what teams are going to be willing to give up for guys like Stone, Panarin,
2: Duchesne. If you're a San Jose, though, would you give Duchesne top-line money even though you may have to sign Carlson next year? Well, the thing – if he's going to san
0: jose i know for sure it's a rental they can't afford him so it's one and done it's a one and done thing it'd be like a cup run and then have a good one thanks for (laughs) thanks for the help yeah no um i know eric carlson is on their priority and he he damn should he should be he's one of the best defensemen in the game you would have one of the best tandems in in burns and carlson that's amazing do
1: you think you can afford him though um, that's a big, I know
0: I know he's willing to I think they said 8.4 is like the lowest he's looking to sign for wow. which is <laughs> which is not good but um I'm pretty sure they can afford him but I'm pretty sure you would have to give up a guy like an Evander Kane because we all know guys like Hurdle and then they want to get paid eventually too yeah. so even Timo Mir he's, he's gonna come up, up. Yeah. he's gonna come he off is. his rookie deal so it's gonna be interesting yeah. in San Jose but Enough of Matthew Shane. What are you guys' thoughts on this whole Panarin situation with his agent? He dropped his agent. He hasn't been playing the last couple games. Columbus is – they're in the last wild card spot right now. They're scratching and clawing to stay in the playoffs. Can you see the Blue Jackets maybe getting rid of Panarin and Bobrovsky? Because I I don't think I
2: see it right now. I don't think they'll do both. The only thing I heard about Panarin was when uh, the news initially broke out, and then they said the Rangers – and then we're all like, why yeah. the Rangers? And then no other team kind of came to the surface. So I don't know what to say about Panera. The guy's an all-star player. They should definitely try to keep him. But I don't know where he would go. I, I've been hearing rumors again. Nashville is looking at Panera and They could give
0: up maybe one of their great... They could, again, here on this bait list is Eli Tolvinen. He could potentially go in the deal. You could maybe even... If you have to give up one of the 4D... Well, obviously not named Yossi or Subban... You give up Ekholm maybe. That's going to hurt, but you're getting Artemi Panarin. And just imagine having Panarin, Forsberg, Arvidsson, and Johansson. I don't want to. That's that's amazing for Nashville. And if there's any city and any fan base that deserves a cup, it's Nashville. So I would not be opposed to Panarin going there. But I don't know. I don't really see Panarin moving. I don't really see it. I feel like he's going to want the world. Yeah. Like, Columbus is going to want a lot for Panarin, and I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have no idea what's going to happen. And he's testing free
1: agency, right? Like you said, he's, regardless of where he goes, even he told Columbus that he wants to test the market because in Chicago he signed that deal, and he didn't really test the market because he traded him after that. So if he tests the market, that might lower the price. But I still think another team that is around there that maybe might take a run, Pittsburgh. And they've always managed to find a way to get players. They got all these draft picks back after they traded for uh, Trevor Daly and then they traded him. Uh, They have all these guys. I don't know how their GM manages to do this with their roster. You have Tang, Kessel, Malkin, Crosby, and then that uh, Bukestad trade with Florida. So that's one. Uh, Vegas, again, I think they're going to make a big move. Uh, They wanted to make a move for Carlson and Bobby Ryan last year. It fell through maybe in free agency they go after carlson again i still think carlson ends up in vegas and if they can get panarin on top of that with pacioretty back and they're another team falling Mm -hmm. under the radar
0: so if you're willing to if you're saying panarin's gonna go to vegas and then he's in a test free agency right now he's at 67 points in 56 games he's 27 years old 24 goals a six million dollar cap at how much of a raise do you think he's gonna like ask for? Like about nine and a half, yeah, nine, nine mil. For sure. Oh, I don't. I don't know who could afford him though. I mean, I know the Islanders have the cap space for him, but again, you have to yeah. sign Barzell. I don't know how much he's gonna want.
2: Doesn't Vegas have a ton of cap space? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, but
0: they, yeah, their bottom six and then is Shippa brutal. Cap hit from buying them all that four year, like, twenty eight million dollar deal or something. Like the, the the one thing that I will be most surprised is if Panarin does get dealt. I just want to see what the return is because it's going
2: to be big. It's going to be monstrous. Imagine the Leafs make a run at him. I wouldn't want to make a run at Panarin. <laughs> Can you imagine that? What do you think about – uh? I know Colorado has a ton of cap space. Yeah. Even taking into account that they have to sign Rantanen. I think they're in like a Vegas situation. They have a lot of room. But the problem with them is they've fallen out of the playoffs
0: or they're in the wild card right now. But yeah. do, you, do you add Panarin and basically solidify yourself as a playoff team? Or do you have like, – because, again, if you're getting Panarin, you have to give up like a jost. You have to give someone up to get him. And you might possibly lose Panarin in free agency. This and then you're going to have to take on Rantanen's probably like $9 million contract. So What about Vancouver. They're another team. They have if he wants to go to a spot where he can be like
1: the guy, like next year. He already knows that they got some guys on their entry level deal.
0: Patterson and Patterson. Besser.
1: Yeah, that could be. That's fun. <laughs> if he can be that top level, high paid guy, and a few years the salary cap goes up a bit, maybe they'll promise him that. But I would. Vancouver to is like a weird situation because I think they're still outside the playoffs, but they're fighting
0: for that wild card. They're like a point out. I think it's everyone but the Kings and the yeah. Oilers who's looking yeah Yeah. i mean i would have said maybe like a month ago that edmonton would have been buyers because they were like borderline but they've been one of the worst teams in the nhl and but and not like and now this gets to teams needing wingers teams needing scoring players mark stone now probably the biggest fish available when it when it comes to salary and all that he has he has a cap at a 7.35 mil we all saw he went to arbitration last year he's gonna want a lot of money and apparently the rumor has it that ottawa they offered him the contract i think they offered him around six years at around 10 and a half a year so they're waiting on him to either accept this deal or i think he's gonna go to winnipeg i think that's basically set in stone for me <laughs> set in stone that's I a like good that
2: one. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that on I, mark stone i'll say stone to winnipeg that's why i don't see duchene going there but I feel for their management because like they're willing to give him whatever he wants, and he just and he doesn't, doesn't want to stay. <laughs> they're just oh my, they're going downhill so fast. But yeah, Stone to the Jets would solidify their top nine because they're already loaded, and that would definitely get them over the hump.
0: Well, I think it's perfect position too because Ehlers is out with a, with an injury for at least another three weeks. a has been dragging ass yeah. the last three months. Linea. <laughs> You know what? That's a good transition. We'll talk about line A right now. He's got 39 points in 60 games. He's got 25 goals. That looks great. But the last goal he scored was January 13th. And guess the team he scored against. They were having one of the worst months I've seen ever, Anaheim. So that was the last team he scored against. 18 in a month is fantastic but when you get one in the next 25 games i'm sorry i don't know what's going on with you you're ice cold and you're an rfa if you guys are a gm are you giving him the eight million dollar or are you giving him that bridge deal to say listen you had 40 but this year you just didn't show up here's another contract to prove yourself what are you guys doing with line if you're a gm he goes
1: in the office and says, I want a five year and I'm willing to take less money and they ask him, what's less money? Oh, $10 million. I'm saying, hell no. RFA, we're giving you one year and you're going to just prove us that you are worth that money. In one year, uh, six and a half to seven and a half million dollars. And that's a start because he hasn't really proved this year that he can lead and be that five year, eight year like, guy like Matthews even though he's been injured, at least he's been scoring goals. He's had almost 30 goals this year, so
2: I wouldn't give Line A a long-term deal after this year. I, I think I still would. Just, <laughs> um, you know, he came in the league hot with 36 goals in 70 games and put up 40 last year, and then there's still the projection of what he's going to be, so there's still a, he's in a brutal slump and it's been so bad, but he's still going to be that player, I think. So if he asks for like seven years at Whatever, I'm probably giving it to him. If you're giving him that contract, does this mean that Kyle Connor's gone? It's you know what, yeah. Especially oh. if they want
1: Mark Stone, you would probably have to be included in the deal, him or Ehlers even. Yeah. I think Ehlers you might ask for because they want another I offensive feel,
0: guy. I feel like right now the way that is playing, if Mark Stone is off, like if they're offering a trade, I guarantee you. That Ottawa is squeezing every juice they can out of I and say, like, come on, just give me Line. He's in a worse, just give me Line. i want on Line. <laughs> and then Line could go to Ottawa. And then you have the Line Matthews Battle of Ontario story. Oh, man. But that, that, no, that won't happen though. But yeah, Line has been by far the most disappointing fantasy player. I will say fantasy because points if it was goals fine he's that's fine but the assists you have 10 assists or whatever the hell it is that's awful brutal there's guys on this list here that have more or well, basically the same amount of points like a michael ferland and like a gustav nyquist like it's just embarrassing line a doesn't even want to talk to the media he doesn't want to even associate with
2: anybody <laughs> because of how bad the slump is he gets really down on himself do you notice that he does yeah. he's oh. a very negative person when he's not in it but that but again like you
0: can't be like that you got to just look at it and be like okay what can i do to improve you're a pro you you're gotta act officer. like a pro yeah. not a child <laughs> so that's where my dilemma is at right now if you have to have sign connor or line a right now i don't really know like i would probably go with line a obviously second overall pick but Connor's proven that he's right up there. He's a he's
2: an elite player. So, if you're the Jets, would you rather have Connor or uh, Ehlers? If you must deal one of them, I'd
0: probably rather have
2: Connor. Yeah, me too. He's more
0: of an all-around guy. But again, Ehlers, I like I like his contract. It's a great contract. He's at like five and a half, which is for like five six years. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good deal. So. I feel like if he, like if uh, when he comes back and his production goes up again, like we saw the last couple of years, that's one of the better contracts in the league. So it's, it's risking, again, Connor is proven. We've seen the last two years. He's been, he's been amazing. I think he has 45 and like 58 this year, which is really good. But again, Ehlers is a guy where he brings that speed. He brings that, you know, that offensive. Like when, when lining is lacking, Ehlers is picking it up. And again even with Connor when he, when Liney's lacking Connor picks it up or Wheeler or Shifley. They're lucky they have those guys cuz we all know Wheeler is aging like fine wine, getting better every single season. I think he leads their team in points again. Probably. Him or Shifley, whatever, it <laughs> doesn't matter, not surprised. But Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, if you look at trade value, it's basically dead on the same. I would, I, I would put them right – Lainey maybe a little bit more based on his history. Yeah. But right now when you look at trade value with Line, a, it is not – it can't get any lower. <laughs> so if I'm Ottawa, I'm going to try and capitalize on that in the Mark Stone deal. I mean, That's just not? me. I would try. I would at least reach out and be like, listen, Lainey is having an awful year. He's at an RFA. Would you be willing to give him up for Stone?
2: Yeah, so Line a, nope, 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 nope,
0: nope. <laughs> just, just hangs up. <laughs> That's it. But uh, enough of the big fish. I want to quickly discuss the guys on the Rangers who are basically – they're also UFA's next year, but they're looking to win a cup. Zuccarello, Kevin Hayes. Where do you guys see those two guys landing if they get traded?
1: I think Zuccarello, I think Montreal, Boston, like those type of teams might look at them. Uh, Kevin Hayes, another one. He's like one of those players that you can slot in up and down the lineup. Maybe a team like San Jose will look at him if they can't get – Uh, the other guys like Panarin or uh, Duchesne like those kind of guys they might look at him or even Calgary they might look at them because Calgary they're in a good spot right now and their defense has been really good Uh, Mike Smith has been all right but in the playoffs in the past he's been like amazing when he was on
2: Arizona so they're gonna look at those type of players I think this might throw you off a little bit but I'm really thinking Chicago because as of late they've been absolutely on fire and now they're back in that kind of buzzing around the wild card, and maybe an extra uh, forward move can put them over.
0: Well, I agree with you there in that because they're I think they're in ninth in the West. They're just outside, and they have been red hot. Patrick Kane, 43 in his last 19 games. That's just absurd. But yeah, I feel like if they were to go and get someone, it would be like a Zuccarello because he does have that playoff experience as well, and he would, I think, fit perfectly with a guy like sod and taves on the top line i think either of
2: those two guys you can fit them anywhere in their lineup yeah their
0: their bottom six is not the strongest but their top six is money and yeah. you know we've seen strome you could say what you want about dylan strome he's a bust he sucks he doesn't have the best skating ability but i knew it he he went he went to chicago realigning with the Brinkit. it's the best it's been the best thing for him and that second line, just imagine, the Brinket. how many goals he had now? 34?
2: Yeah, 34. He's
0: in the top 10 <laughs> in goals. Kane is second in points. He looks like he's going to get around 120. Um, so if you had a playmaker like Zuccarello in the mix there, that power play and that that offense could carry them past Dallas and Colorado for a playoff spot. The only question is, can they beat out a team like Nashville? Yeah. Or a team like San Jose in the first round. That's tough. <laughs> so, like, it, it's it's entertaining to see. But, again, the West is up for grabs. It's, the West has just not been good this year at all. Um, like Even, like, recently Minnesota, they, they were in a playoff spot for most of the year. And recently, ever since Boudreaux said, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Dumnik has been <laughs> one of the worst goalies, allowing around four every game. And Parise has slowed down at the worst time. He was having a great year. He slowed down. Eric Stahl not having the year he had last year they traded Nino Niederreiter I don't know why and now Charlie Coyle so I quickly want to talk about that trade right now Coyle for Donato in a fifth I don't know what they're really trying to do here I don't know if they're trying to make the playoffs if they're not trying
2: to make the playoffs what are your thoughts on this deal for both uh, teams for the wild I think they're just clearing out they did the same thing with um yeah, I need a writer for Victor Rask, which was a head scratcher. And the, the Coyle, they didn't really expect him to be the player that he was. Because remember when he got drafted in the first round, he was supposed to be this beast, 6'4, 2'20, good two way skills, skilled guy. And he's just kind of been like a third, fourth line player. He's been hurt a little bit. So for me, I like what the wild got back in Donato and then the extra pick there. He's on the. He's, on, he's trending up. He's been good. The thing with me that is concerning is. When you trade guys like Coyle,
0: you gotta you now have to pressure guys like Eric Sinek and you gotta pressure guys like Luke Koonen and Greenway into the lineup and I'm not gonna lie, like Eric Sinek was highly touted coming in, but I, I've seen him and he's he just doesn't look pro ready. Like when I watch him, it's like you can have all the size in the world, but you just look you look lost out there. Even a guy like a Luke Koonin, who just got drafted, he's playing There's times where he looks great. There's other times where he doesn't look so great and he looks lost. So again, this puts pressure on the young guys to perform. I don't know where Donato's going to fit in with the team. Third line, second line, I have no idea. I think he'll take his spot Um, right away. Like again, like what does this mean for for Boston now? They get Charlie Coyle. Does this mean a guy like DeBrusque will get put – like will he now go to the third line? Will Coyle be a third liner? Does Bacchus even play now? Like – there's is, so many questions.
2: Uh, is Backus even playing?
0: He is, yeah. He's been on the third line majority of the year, but he hasn't been doing
2: anything. I don't hear his name much. Yeah. He's making six million dollars, I think, right? Yeah. Oh my
1: god.
0: That that, <laughs> him and Lucic to me are the worst contracts in the game. Yeah. Even okay, well, you have to add Dion Phaneuf too, but th- that's <laughs> that's for another day. But yeah, um, now getting Coil, I think the Bruins are basically solidifying themselves, and they're not gonna get either duchene stone panarin i don't because i heard rumors that they were looking to try and get panarin but it's like you're gonna have pasternak and panarin and crechey and marchand and Bert. like you have so many guys like if the chemistry doesn't click you guys are fucked they got mcavoy coming up soon too yeah he's been who's gonna yeah. want a
2: pretty big number
0: oh yeah and to- let's just say uh brandon carlo as well plays around 24 a night so he's gonna want some money too not the greatest fantasy guy, but he's in a one around five mil. I'll say around there. But again, like looking at this, I want to talk about this other trade quickly. Stollers for Talbot. One for one. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I have a rant. I'm going to go on a rant right now. But I want you guys to answer this first.
2: Obviously, they feel like Carter Hart is the guy. So they feel everyone below that. They can just ship him on out. Bringing Cam Talbot, good veteran presence. That's all I got. Yeah, I don't know. The GM
1: of the Philadelphia Flyers thinks it's the Phillies because now they have like five starting goalies and I think they're going to play them one every other game. So it's they're going to be like a pitching rotation. I'm totally lost of why they would add another big contract to their team. But it's Philly. They're like Edmonton with contracts.
0: I want to go back three years ago, the 2015 draft when they draft. I don't know if it was the 15 or 16 draft. They drafted three goalies. Philly drafted three goalies that draft. Carter Hart, I think, was one of them. You're looking at it now. You have Carter Hart, who's come up and has been amazing. He was the rookie of the month last month. Neuvirth, I haven't heard his name in a year. He's apparently on the team. He's getting paid like four and a half. Brian Elliott, they traded for. He's not playing, and he's shit, and he's getting paid about five (laughs) mil. Now you're adding Cam Talbot, I don't know what's he making. Four point seven five, something like that. So you have to add those three goalies at fifteen million dollars, and you're getting out. Okay, yeah, Carter Hart's our goalie. We're gonna have to probably pay him around seven and a half mil when his rookie contract is up. So my biggest question is, why in the hell do you have three goalies that are making four, over four mil, and two of them are not playing? First of all, are they on the active roster? Or are they are they sniffing ass in the AHL? Like, what are they doing? Is like, do you guys
2: know like, is Elliot and Neuverth? Are they on the team? Are they in the press box? Like, yeah, I have yeah, no I idea. I think Elliot's above Neuverth but like they're both always injured, so their situations always getting mixed up. They also have uh, the Swedish goalie who won the MVP a few years ago. Is it Sandstrom? Yeah, oh, they have yeah. him too, Isaac Sandstrom, oh, yeah, to like nineteen or twenty. That was the goalie they drafted too. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs>
0: but yeah, I, I just, again, I, I get it for Edmonton. They're trying to dump the salary of Talbot. They get Stollers, who's proven to be a fringe goalie. Like he can play, but I don't know if it'll be the starting goalie because Koskinen, they got that deal and he's their guy right now at 29 years old. All right. But getting rid of Talbot's contract is a win for Edmonton, but I don't know what Philly's doing. I have no idea. If it's just for the veteran presence then I get it, but you already have a veteran presence in Elliot, And Elliot and Talbot to me are literally, and I mean literally, the same. They're both at best backup goalies. I loved what Talbot did two years ago. Almost won the Vesna. Mind you, McDavid was a freak that year. Nuge was a freak. Dreisaitl was a freak. They were all amazing. And then the next two years, we finally get the real Cam Talbot, the backup Cam Talbot. <laughs> Just like what we saw when Scott Darling went to Carolina. That's the real Scott Darling. I hate how all these backups are getting starting money
2: now. They have one good year. It's like, yeah, we'll give you five mil. Like, why? They played backup for the first seven years. And then the one year that they start and they hit it, here's your fucking lengthy like contract.
0: It's starting to, for me, it's starting <laughs> to get to that point with Jake Allen. Yeah. Where it's like, I've been looking at you as a starter for three years and you, have not, you don't have the numbers for it. So I'm glad that Bennington has come here and basically stolen the job from him.
2: And look what the Blues have done since he took over. There it is. We're on an 11-game winning streak right now. Like,
0: to me, yes, goaltenders sometimes are hard to read. They're hard to read. I get it. But you can't be saying for three straight years, four straight years even, fantasy. Every time I go to fantasy, I see Jake Allen is in the top five in goalies. Like, you I don't get where the where the research is, where the proof is. Like I have no idea where it is because Allen, to me, is not a good
2: goaltender. Oh, he's going off now.
0: They must have had NHL 14, and they're still looking at potential from
1: that when he's rated 90 after year one. They're just basing it off that. Maybe this is the year he finally
0: becomes that, but
1: it hasn't happened.
0: I love Jake Allen as a person. But as, when it comes to fantasy hockey, you know me. I always take risks with him, and it just hasn't worked out. Another guy that – same boat, Ben Bishop. Is he great? Maybe. Is he good? Yeah. Is he a superstar? No. Is he a top 10 goalie? No. Is he the same goalie he was in Tampa? No. Like even
2: Corey Crawford, is he a top 10 goalie? No. I think Crawford, out of everyone we said, you can probably argue – yeah,
0: but again, you have to look back at history and the team he had in front of him was amazing. Oh yeah, and the Emmy won a couple. Another too. guy <laughs> that was a backup, yeah. Martin Martin Jones. Does he have the statistical numbers to prove that he is worth six mil? No, he has the wins, obviously, but his save percentage is nowhere is never over 915.
2: Never. Yeah. So it's safe to say that all these guys will eventually be with the Flyers.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think Jonathan Quick was rumored to go there too. And then they got <laughs> Talbot, so maybe we can add another. You goalie. know what's
0: funny? I heard Talbot. now that we're talking about goalies, I'm going off on NHL, I'm so sorry. We might not even get to the ring today. We will, but like very quickly. <laughs> it's all good. I heard that the Kings are trying to shop quick. And it's like he's thirty years old, his cap hit is like eight and a half. Who's gonna want quick now?
2: Edmonton has some space. Yeah. <laughs> no like why would they want quick like they're not in the playoffs just fucking forget it they really do then that's a clear indication that they're blowing the whole thing up
1: Columbus might trade Bobrovsky for them so they have at least three more years with a starter (sighs) controlled cap hit
0: like there's so many goalies in the league that I look at and it's like you're a starter but how good are you like another guy Matt Murray you're a starter but how good are you like we saw lately he's been pretty good the last year, he wasn't good. The year before that, wasn't that good. He was only good in the playoffs, that was it. Like So I have a lot of concerns with goalies coming up in the league now. There's not a lot of goalies that are like outstanding. Like You won't see a Vasilevsky come out of a draft in a very long time. I don't think you will. A lot of people are saying it's DiPietro, but he allowed seven goals yeah. in his first game. So, uh, I, I have no idea, but again, going back to this trade, philly i don't know what you're doing but um hopefully you ship out both elliot and talbot soon because you're gonna have to uh you're gonna need that money for carter hart and yeah, that's that's yeah. basically it but that's basically all i have to say the last thing i want to discuss is do you guys have any thoughts on if the leafs are going to get anyone if you think they are who do you think they'll get a lot of guys are thinking simmons and furland who do you got I think they're going to look at Detroit
1: because Mike Babcock's familiar with some of those guys. Nick Cronwell, to me, as a veteran, he can retire at the end of the year. That'd be one. And then another one that he's on the trade board, uh, Gus Nyquist. Oof. If they can bring him in onto their dynamic offense with Nylander, I think he'd be a good fit with Nylander on the line. You can have Gus Bus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if this is the year, then, yeah, I guess they have to before everyone's contracts yeah. are up. So. Another depth forward or D, nothing, I don't think anything major like a Nyquist, though, but maybe a little bit under that, just for some depth.
0: Um, I'm looking here at the trade bait, and uh, ranked 11th is Nick Jensen from Detroit. He's 28 years old. He's averaging 23 minutes a night, 15 points, and has a cap hit of $813,000. Yeah,
2: move like that, maybe.
0: So maybe if you make a move like that, you can maybe have a guy like a Zaitsev maybe sit... Every other game, or you could have like a, I don't know, like a Oshie. Well, Oshie, not even playing. Not
2: right now. No.
0: So yeah, maybe if anything, you could have Zaitsev sit, and then that would make this guy over here pretty happy. I Just would try it's to too good to be yeah. true. I would try to make Zaitsev look
1: as good as possible, so like that in the summer I can dump him off to another team like Edmonton, and see what I can get.
0: But if you're trying to give, if you're trying to get Gustav Nyquist, like what are you giving up for that? Because they're going to yeah. want a first, and we don't have a first. Andreas Janssen, I would give up.
1: Because you can't, like, their team right now, I think they're going to have to take a chance with, uh, like, Kapanen or Janssen. I like how they have Timoshoff coming up. He's looking good. He is. And Jeremy good. Brockles looked really good. So I think they can take a chance with Janssen. And he can get us maybe a Nyquist for one year. Or if they want to package him off, maybe you can get him a top four defenseman.
0: I think this trade deadline, they need to trade one of those guys. Because we just can't, we flat out can't afford them.
2: Jonsson or Kapanen.
0: Janssen or Kapanen. Yeah. Just try and get some sort of asset back something like even if uh, even if it's like you said like a defenseman that is not as good as like a gardener but like he'll eat up minutes and the depth guy a depth guy just because we all know that Johnson's gonna want like four is probably gonna want four and a half doesn't Kapanen have 20 goals yeah he's around there yeah so yeah like they're gonna they're gonna want a lot so yeah Johnson lately's actually been pretty good I think he if I if I read if I read co- correctly he was like third on sco- third on the Leafs in scoring in the month of uh, in the month of January
2: which is a problem I told you a stat a little while ago he was like second in goals for rookies
0: like yeah overall
2: in the league yeah and yeah I was looking I'm like I'm so surprised by that because this guy's like our ninth best forward
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, before the season when we got the fantasy book. That, well, we didn't get it, but we looked at it. Remember that book, McKean's? Or, it, it's the, not the good one. <laughs> not the accurate one. They had Janssen at 65 points. Oh my God. And I look at this, I'm like, this is a seventh-round pick. We don't know if he's making the team <laughs> yet. <laughs> like, just relax. But, yeah, that's it for hockey. Uh, if you guys uh, are huge hockey fans, I know you all are, make sure to tune in on Monday. Don't go to Sportsnet. Go to TSN because they have the better panel. Go You're welcome, TSN. You're yeah. welcome. Now we're going to go to the ring. We're going to quickly discuss what went down in the chamber. I just want to basically talk about Brian retaining yeah. the new tag team champions in the Boston Hug Connection. And we have a new Intercontinental Champion named Finn Balor. What are you guys'
2: thoughts on the show overall and all the stuff I just said? The the two chamber matches were obviously the highlights. I thought the show was just okay. Okay please yeah. don't kill me for that one yeah i'm with you on that but, uh yeah the tag team chamber match it was it was for the moment the match itself was a little sloppy but like whatever we got the big payoff with Boston and hug connection thank god it was not tamina and naya i would have fucking lost it <laughs> and uh daniel bryan retaining the match that chamber match was actually really good kofi put on oh, yeah. another show samoa joe leaving first kind of oh. pissed me off but it was it was a fun match i really enjoyed that one
1: Mandy Rose stuck out so much in this match. I actually thought when she hit Sasha Banks with the finisher, it's when, uh, I think that spot where Bailey got thrown into the pot and hit her shoulder, it's just Mandy and Sasha in the ring. She hit her finisher. The camera guy was right in. I thought, oh, my God, they're actually going to go with this team. And they actually, they impressed with that performance. I, I thought they had a good showing. And Kofi Kingston, I got the crowd on their feet. I haven't seen, it's been a while since I've seen the crowd on their feet for, like, the whole match that Kofi was in there chanting his name invested in the whole match booing daniel bryan giving him that heat that real heels need and uh to be honest i was a little pissed when daniel bryan won you know we kind of ruined the moment so he's a good heel I'm, i was pissed man
0: um yeah when it when i look back at the chamber like you said it was an okay pay-per-view but for me what basically escalated and elevated the grade was the main event the chamber was amazing to me, there weren't really a lot of flaws. The only flaw for me was Joe getting eliminated first. I think that spot should have belonged to Hardy getting eliminated first. No, no disrespect to him, but he's irrelevant now. Yeah. Just, just get him out of there quick. Um, he was, a, was he eliminated second? I don't really remember. I know uh, Orton eliminated Styles. Oh, that was a pretty cool RKO. Not gonna lie. Um, but for me, the the, the moment I love the most. Was when um, he, uh, what did uh, Kofi, he did the running knee and Kofi kicked out and literally everybody in the building lost their shit, including me. I was like, no, nah, are, are they going with Kofi to win this? <laughs> and then he did the trouble in paradise. And for that moment there, I thought he was winning. And then that near fall was just incredible because you don't really see enough near falls in the chamber. So they basically went for what, like seven minutes? Those two? Like it was was pretty good the last seven minutes and that's basically what stood out for me but for me the MVP in this was definitely definitely Kofi Kingston he had probably the best performance I've seen um my favorite spot was when he went for the splash and missed and then the running knee and that was it I love that ending it was perfect and I also love the fans reaction after I like they didn't really shit on the outcome like they didn't boo the shit out of him. they didn't chant this is bullshit or anything like what we saw in the past with the rumbles yeah. 15 14 like those crowds just shit on the whole thing but like we said now we're going to get now we get to see Kingston versus Brian at Fastlane I still don't think he's going to win but again a, I a little part of me feels like he could win a little part of me but I, I still think Daniel Bryan is the guy that needs to hold on with mania but it was just an outstanding match like you said even the the tag titles it was a little bit predictable with Sasha and Bailey winning, but again, Mandy and Sonya, they just looked far better than what we've seen of them in the past. But for me, the only disappointing thing with that was the ride Squad. I mean, we talked potentially about how all three of them could have been champions coming out of this pay-per-view, and to me, all three of them got buried. I think all three of them just they didn't have a shot. So sticking to the schedule then. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just basically they all got squashed and it was a flat out shame. But now going to Finn Balor winning the Intercontinental title, that just changes a lot for me. Cause it went for me, it went from Lashley being the IC champ going into Mania to now I don't even know if he has a match at Mania because they're hinting at this whole Lashley Corbin drew thing and i don't i don't don't really like that and they all deserve better than that but i don't really know what they're gonna do with finn now as the champion i feel like they kind of rushed that like he just had a match with lesnar and now you have him beat lesnar on the first try it's like yeah he pinned leo rush and it's good for storytelling and you know i guess it you know incorporates leo rush a little more as he deserves the time but I don't know what they're doing with Finn. I have no idea what the next program for him is moving forward.
2: Uh, possibly an NXT guy, because no one's really. Because if it's not Lashley, who's gonna feud with him? I, maybe a Sami Zayn coming back. I I don't know. Like, for, I'm, for Lashley long term, I think they want him to go up against Lesnar. Remember a few weeks yeah, ago they met. He mentioned that. him like six times on Raw when he was cutting a promo on the way to the ring.
1: Like, yeah. Totally unnecessary. But the thing with... Okay, this is where I don't understand with WWE's creative. They had Lashley turn on Leo Rush at the Elimination Chamber and the crowd was going crazy. They're like cheering for Lashley. And then the next, he comes out and he turns heel the next night. What the hell's going on? He inter- interferes in the Braun Strowman-Corbin match and... It was, they're so confusing with the wait, so
0: Wait, so you're saying that when Lashley beat the hell out of Rush, that was a face turn? That looked like it. They were cheering him. I thought that would have been a heel, like a face turn for Leo. And That's, then the yeah. next
2: night, it's like nothing happens. And they do that all the time. Yeah. And like, we're <laughs> yeah. baffled. Like, I think they backfired. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: were expecting him to
0: get booed. And I think once he got cheered, everyone's like, oh my God, we have to turn him again. The thing that upsets me like lately has been the flip-flopping. With heels and faces. I now I want to talk about Raw. I want to talk about how Lashley flip-flopped. And now I want to talk about Dean Ambrose flip-flopping. Like, are these big show face heel turns doing anything for anybody? No. no. So why the hell is Dean Ambrose now in backstage segments with Seth saying, oh, hey, like, like, like it's just it's just dumb. Like, I hope it means that he's not leaving and he, they're building a character for him, but... It, to me, it's just so pointless. It's like you just feuded with Seth like two months ago. Like, why are you going backstage and talking to him and like looking putt? Like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And like now, you ha- you have to move forward with all the characters and Dean and Lashley and like the- even EC3. Is he a face or heel? Like, I have no idea. Like,
2: he's not even allowed to speak. Yeah, <laughs> and he can talk. <laughs> what are they he's doing? Not allowed to. <laughs>
0: But I want to quickly talk about Raw and SmackDown because they were big weeks for NXT call ups. Ciampa, Gargano, Ricochet, Black. All the top four guys coming up. What were your thoughts on their first matches? Okay, the matches were good. The crowd
1: that they chose to debut them in front of, the absolute worst possible decision. I think they should have just done it in uh, Tuesday night in New Orleans because that crowd's usually good. Or they should have just waited a week because the next RAW is in Philadelphia, or no, sorry, Atlanta. It's Ric Flair's uh, yeah, Atlanta birthday, 70th birthday, and that's supposed to get all these legends back and like all these fans are supposed to be tuning in. So that would have been a good way
2: to introduce these NXT guys. They dropped the ball there. Like the, the, on the Tuesday, the the reaction was better, but like you're always gonna remember that initial call up when you look back on it. Yeah. Like silence. Like, during the match, I remember uh, Ricochet had a headlock on someone before doing the Irish whip, and, like, you can hear a pin drop. Like, this is embarrassing. The worst for
0: me was the Revival versus DIY. That didn't, the fact that that did not get a pop, seeing those four in the ring together again, it was dead silent. (laughs) And even when they won DIY, it's like, you just beat the raw tag champs. Like,
2: that's a big deal. And no, no one's cheering. Nothing. Like you see Ricochet and you're doing all these moves. But if no one's reacting, like, what do you, where do you go from there?
0: Like, even, like, the backstage segment where it's like, oh, you know, it's a dream come true to be on, like, in WWE television. It's like, you didn't get a fucking reaction.
2: It was the perfect example of the crowd making the match.
0: If, if, if I could take a storyline out of this, I would turn Ricochet heel just by that alone. Being I mean, like, I came out here on my debut, I'm doing all these stupid-ass
2: stunts, and, and, and there's no reaction. And there's your opponent for Finn Balor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought for a second on Raw, Finn was going to turn on Ricochet, because good, they that. turned that their be, backs yeah. quite a bit, and I'm like, Finn, just hit him with the bell. just deck him, please deck him, <laughs> and that didn't happen, We're but if, if that happens at Mania, holy shit, and nice. Ricochet wins, Yeah. holy yeah. shit, that would be incredible, because that just... Flat out deflates all the rumors that he's going to be the Cruiserweight champion. Like He has to be the main roster guy. You can't put him to 205. Buddy Murphy's that guy where like he's the exception. But he still, I think, should be in the main roster eventually. He will be. Yeah. So, again, the the call-ups were great. The crowd was fucking awful. And for me, the biggest takeaway was, are we going to see DIY come up as a tag team? Like, I don't see them being single stars right away. Yeah, like, the thing with Dom, though,
1: is – they were booked as faces on Raw and SmackDown, but Champa and Gargano are like the biggest heels in NXT, and they're the champions in NXT. So bringing them up as a tag team for one is a little odd, but they're working as faces against the Bar and against uh, the Revival. So I would have liked to see Champa and Gargano come up as heels, and I don't know WrestleMania. I mentioned this like a couple of weeks ago, but now it can actually happen. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against DIY at WrestleMania in a tag match. I think would be perfect.
0: I want to shut down those rumors. I've heard that it's (laughs) Owens versus Bryan at Mania for the title. Hence, this is what – this is now that it's – I'm finally realizing it makes sense. The promos at the fucking movie theater with the popcorn and all the bad food. (laughs) It makes sense because Bryan could be like, you're feeding your children garbage. That means you're garbage. Then it'll be like I'm a fighting champion. You're a coward. You go nowhere. They <laughs> got some history. From there last it is. Year's Mania there too. it is. There's your main event. Owens versus Brian. <laughs> well, it won't main event, but you get it for the WWE title first match on the card. Probably. Were you, growing?
2: Uh, did you like how the bar treated Ciampa and Gargano in that backstage segment? They're I like, like how, laughing at yeah, that. I
1: like Cargano's comeback, though. We don't set the bar, we break the bar. And then after uh, Cesaro and Seamus awkwardly left, but
0: yeah, it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird like,
1: same. uncomfortable
0: bully. Yeah. It's like, oh, sh- damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <cats were> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that segment, though, where Cesaro basically looked at Cargano. He's like,
2: okay. Oh, Johnny wrestling.
0: <laughs> All right. I could probably out wrestle you. All right. We'll see. <laughs> Because Cesaro is one of those guys, man. He's so fucking talented. But yeah, man, that's basically it. Um, if there's anything that we could anticipate moving forward, it's that the crowd will continue to be red hot for Kofi Kingston. We saw on SmackDown that he got the biggest probably the, one of the biggest wins of his career at least to date. He pinned Daniel Bryan, and the crowd, at least for that, was on their feet. And they were. It's kind of funny, like looking back a month ago, like you thought that Ali would be in this position. But now it's Kofi Kingston, and it's kind of like, are they doing this just to replace Ali for now, or are they actually doing this because they actually see him as like a threat, like, or is this just like a welcome, like, because like welcome for your like, uh, thank you for your services for so long, we'll finally give you the push now. Uh, I really hope not, because that's what like, (laughs) because remember what happened with Mark Henry, we like saw that thing after Monday or after Sunday with him, and it's like he finally got his main. Push like 15 years later, so like I don't I I hope they're not going that route with Kingston. It's like you've been here for so long, we'll finally give you a push.
2: But I know I don't think he's winning the title. At the same time though, with Mark Henry, you can kind of tell that was the conclusion of his career. With Kofi, he's putting on some of the best work. So yeah, that is true. Well deserved title push.
0: And there is no prime now in wrestling. Like there's really there's no like age set. Like where you're at your best. Like look at AJ now. It ranges from (laughs) 23 to 45. (laughs) It's incredible. I love wrestling. But anyways, guys, that's basically it for this week's episode. We talked about NHL. We talked about the All-Star Game. We talked about how brutal the crowd was. WWE, Kentucky, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. But anyways, guys, I'm going to finish this one off without Leno mentioning all our social medias again because I suck at it.
1: Alrighty, okay, so uh, we're on CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, that's a good one, that's a new one, Stitcher, and uh, you can
0: follow some of the videos on YouTube, that will post some clips eventually, and uh, yeah. And make sure guys to tune in on Monday, trade deadline, because teams are going to set the tone to sign Mark Stone, later boys.